Good evening. Time to get started tonight. The uh, projector's out once again. So we'll be using books. <laughs> Begin to save with number 949. Nine forty nine. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has made me glad, he has made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Number 851, I picked this out for your kids, Chris. Oh well, <laughs> blue skies and rainbows. 851. <clears throat> After this song, I'll have renounced this day. Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see. When my Lord is living in me, I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all alone. All blooming in springtime are works of the master. I live for each day. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we never. The beauty that surrounds me all make me aware of the one who made it all. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we never Good evening, church family. 
couple announcements before we have our devotional. Um, as a reminder, Trunk or Treat is scheduled for Saturday evening, October 23rd, so please put that down on your calendars. Uh, it is tentative. Um, also, Rush at Freed Hardman University is scheduled for November 5th. Uh, this is event is for middle school and high school uh, youth, and we are if you're planning on going to this, I need for you to sign up by this Sunday, um, so that way I can make accommodations. Now, the cost is $30 for Rush. Uh, great news for Tanya Ward. The surgery went well. Uh, she's still in North Carolina recovering, uh, so remember to continue to keep Tanya Ward and Brian Ward in your prayers at this time. Also, uh, Eric Blake continues to fight COVID and remains at VA hospital. His condition is stable at this time, so remember to continue to keep him in your prayers. Uh, Kelly Williams will begin radiation treatment in Columbus at the end of the month. Uh, this will take place five times for three weeks, so remember to continue to keep Kelly in your prayers. Also remember to continue to keep all those who are suffering through cancer right now. Right now, Rusty and, and Kristen and so many others, just remember them in your daily prayers as well. Uh, that's all the announcements I have. Uh, Chris has our devotional, and Carter Thompson will have our closing prayer. Before I begin uh, the prayer, I'd like to read uh, a verse, Romans 3, 23 through 24. For all have sinned and fall short from the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord, to learn more about your word, to be able to apply your word to our everyday life, so that way we can set an example to our community, be encouragement to one another, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with our elders and the decisions they make for this congregation, Lord, is be with them and their families, watch over them, Lord, and give them the knowledge that they need, Lord, and let them always stay true to your word. Lord, we ask you this time to, to be with us, to continue watching over us and blessing us. Lord, we know that you are there for us when we struggle, and you always meet us with our needs, Lord. Let us never take your blessings for granted. Be with us. Give us patience. Lord, be with us as we pray to you and as we build a relationship with you. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Number 153. 153. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come, follow me. And we see where the footprints falling lead us to thee. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go though they lead o'er the cold dark mountain seeking his sheep 
Back in the number 100s, Mark uh, 103, 103, come to Jesus as a song of invitation this evening. <clears throat> if you would turn to number 822, before our lesson tonight, 822, would you stand please? <clears throat> Wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy and telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Supernal from his precious hand I receive. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me old, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down. Good evening. Tonight you're going to meet, during our lesson here, two of the superheroes of the Old Testament. These guys uh, were incredible workers of God. Uh, they were faithful. They were constantly vigilant. They were guys who stood in the gap when God needed two men 
uh, to restore righteousness back to Israel. These two men stood up and they said that they would do that. Be turning to First Kings chapter 19. First Kings 19. The story starts off with a man named Elijah. You're familiar with him, I'm sure. We'll get into his story in just a bit. We're going to start this, this evening with his successor, Elisha. Of interest to you, maybe, is that Elisha is the only one, the only prophet in the entire Old Testament that was not, or that was chosen by his predecessor. None of the other prophets were ever chosen by the one that they're taking the place of. Uh, Elijah is the only prophet that we see passing on this role of prophet. And so that's very interesting in and of itself. But here in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 19, you find um, Elisha's call, where Elijah finds him. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. It's an old, it's an old way of, uh, of apprenticing someone. That's what um, Elijah is proposing here to Elisha. Come be my apprentice. Come be a prophet. Take on the mantle. Take on the role of a prophet. Now, Elisha is most likely aware of some of the things that have happened to Elijah. So this role of prophet may not seem as alluring to him as it may seem to you. Uh, Elijah, Elisha is aware of the death sentence that is on Elijah's head, most likely. Uh, Jezebel has made that quite clear throughout all Israel. If anyone were to find Elijah and actually help him, uh, they're going to die because that's what she wants to do to Elijah. And so things are very difficult for prophets of the Lord, and they have been very difficult for quite some time now. Uh, in fact, a member high up in uh, Elijah, uh, in Ahab's administration, has hidden uh, several priests, uh, several prophets of God, in order to keep them safe. And so Elisha is aware of the sacrifice that Elijah is proposing to him. So here's what he does. Verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. We're familiar with a statement in the New Testament where someone says, Well, let me go back home and bury my father, and then I'll come follow you, Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus says? No, no. No one who looks back is worthy of the kingdom. So you would expect to find something, maybe something similar here, where Elijah says, Listen, the work is so big and it's so urgent and it's so necessary. You don't have time for that. That's not what Elijah does here. And so it throws us for a little bit of a loop. Keep reading in verse 20. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? So it kind of says, yeah, I haven't, I'm not your master right now. You, you go back and you can say goodbye to your mom and your dad. What happens in verse 21, though, is probably very, you need to pay attention to what happens in verse 21. And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and went after Elijah and he assisted him. He became Elijah's personal assistant. But he's so much more than that. In the pages of scripture we know that Elisha himself becomes an incredible prophet of God who does many miraculous things and leads Israel in restoration back to God. What's so interesting here in verse 21 though 
is the sacrifice that he makes. In the section in the New Testament where Jesus says, uh, a man, a possible disciple comes to Jesus. He says, well, I want to follow you, but let me go back and bury my father first. And Jesus says, no, no, that man was not willing to make a sacrifice. Jesus saw something in that guy's heart supernaturally that we couldn't see. He looked good on the outside. He's asking all the right questions. He's wanting to do the right thing. But Jesus apparently sees something inside of him that we're not privy to. And so he calls the man down uh, for not having enough faith, for not doing, uh, for, not, for not having enough uh, trust, not being willing to make the sacrifice. This guy hadn't counted the cost yet of following God. And so here you find in verse 21, Elisha is fully aware of the cost of following. Fully aware. What does he do? Well, he starts sacrificing oxen. You notice in the previous verse, in verse 19, that he's got 12 yoke. So he is plowing a field with 24 oxen. 24 oxen. So most scholars think that Elisha and his family are quite wealthy at this point. They have this huge field. I think we're meant to see uh, a massive field. And Elijah is, Elisha is behind 24 oxen who are plowing this massive field. Elijah comes through, he throws his cloak over him, offering him the mantleship of prophet, of, of being the guy who brings people back to God when they don't even want to come. Elijah has a very difficult job, and he's offering that difficult job to Elisha as well. And so you would, might expect Elisha to think, nah, I don't, no thanks, Elijah. I think I'll just stay here with my money and with my oxen and with what I know, and I'm just going to stay right here and I'm going to do what I'm, what I'm accustomed to doing. That's not what he does, though, is it? He's ready to make this sacrifice. And so he, he kills the oxen, he sacrifices them, and then he boils, he cooks their flesh, uh, and then he throws this massive feast, and then he just leaves. He leaves all that stuff in his history, doesn't he? He's burned all the bridges. He's not looking back. And so maybe from this text we can see that there are ministries that need to be filled. There's a ministry uh, here that Elisha is going to be responsible for. Elijah has a job for him. More importantly, God has a job for Elisha. And has he prepared himself in such a way so as to be capable of following through with that job, with that ministry? And so that's, that's one of my questions for you tonight. Have you prepared yourself in such a way so as to be able to fulfill a ministry here? In this congregation, because we have and have had a ton of opportunities. Uh, COVID has taken away a lot of those, but those are slowly coming back. And so maybe you've heard something from the pulpit. Maybe you've heard something from a friend uh, in our congregation where it, it, you think, oh, that, that's a job that needs doing. Step in and do it. Elisha was ready to step in and do it, but notice what he was willing to give up. Right? He was willing to give up everything. Uh, the oxen, the wealth, all that stuff, his, his relation with his family. Does he ever see them again? We're not told. I don't know. Scripture doesn't let us in on those facts. Could he have given up his family? He could have. Um, he was willing to give up everything for this opportunity. Does that take some preparation? It does, doesn't it? You don't just wake up one day and think, oh, today I'm going to give up everything for God. Today I'm going to reprioritize my life so that I can follow him better. 
Today I'm going to cut out these things that are important to me because they've gotten in the way of following him. You don't wake up one day and think that. That's a process. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sacrifice every day when you look at something and think, that's not in line with getting me closer to Jesus. That's not in line with helping the church. That's not in line with making me more righteous. And so I cut that out. I start looking for things to cut out, right? Have you ever tried to pay off debt? Most of us have, right? What do you start doing? What's the first thing you, start, you stop doing? I'm going to stop eating out because $5 at a time and $7 at a time and $30 at a time start adding up, don't they? You start cutting out the fat. That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're talking about with Elisha here. He had prepared himself sacrifice by sacrifice to be ready so that when this opportunity came, he would have been prepared to take it. So many opportunities pass us by that we don't even recognize because our minds and our hearts aren't prepared to see the opportunity in the ministry that God's provided for us. Elisha was prepared. We need to be prepared too. Back up a little bit to his predecessor, a guy named Elijah. You're probably more familiar with Elijah's story than you are, even are with Elisha's. Again, Elijah lives a fantastic life of service to God. But if you try to find him in the pages of Scripture... His story, while we talk about it a lot during VBS especially, his story's not huge. In fact, if you were to try to find him in Scripture, what, what chapter, what book might you go back to? I was looking for him today, and I realized he starts off here in 1 Kings chapter 17. Flip back there, just two chapters back. Starts, this is the first time you find Elijah the Tishbite. In all of Scripture, you find him right here in First Kings chapter 17. Well, what's he doing? Read verse 1. Now, Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the, God, as the, Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So he sees an opportunity to minister to call, to speak out for righteousness, to speak out for God, and he takes it. He saw an unjust and an unrighteous king doing something that was harmful to God's people, and Elijah takes it upon himself to speak against that. Did God call him to do that? We assume so because he's a prophet, and obviously the word of the Lord in verse 2 came to him. But if we're looking at it, Chronologically speaking, when did the word of the Lord came to him? Come to him? Was it before he came to Ahab, or was it after he had already made this stand? Seems to me that he comes to Ahab and says, "This is not right. This is wrong. What you've done is sinful."